All right, and we're live. Welcome back to another episode of the Beacon Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Joseph Ornelas, and today we have our first official guest, the one and only Jessica JD. <laughs> Thank Jessica, you for so much. <laughs> Appreciate it, Joseph. Happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me to the first official guest episode. I'm You're honored. You're quite welcome. Thank you. Yes, we're honored as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I don't know if you remember how we met, actually, but I think I had commented on a QAnon post and you shot me a follow after that. And since then, I shot you a follow back. And we've kind of been running the same vein, same circle for quite some time now. Yeah. Um, but for those who don't know who you are, go ahead and give them a quick intro. Sure. My name is Jessica JD. I am an author, speaker, and coach. I work in the personal development and also the business consulting realms. I also, I, anything that has to do with having a greater life experience, either in the professional world or in your own personal journey and your relationships with other people, that's sort of where I live now as far as my work and my career. So that's what I do for a living. That's what I make my money off of. And uh, let's see what else. I was a prior Marine. So um, 12 years active duty, United States Marine Corps. I served overseas with the State Department and I lived in Haiti after the earthquake for a year. I lived in Prague, Czech Republic for a year. I lived in Havana, Cuba for a year. And I also um, have deployed to Iraq during OIF, Operation Iraqi Freedom. And so I am, uh, have a really weird eclectic background. background. Sure. And yeah. so people are like, well, what the heck do you, what's all, it's, it's all part of the journey, right? It's so right, like, what do you do? And I'm like, what do you need? Because if I can't do it, I know someone who can. Sure. So yeah. that's usually what I say. <laughs> very well traveled. I like it. So you're a pretty interesting balance to me because you come off as very feminine. <laughs> But then you have this, like, yeah, by the way, I was in the Marine Corps for 12 years. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> so what got you, in, well, I guess what piqued your interest in the Marine Corps sparked that in, initially in the first place? Uh, good question. I, um, I, was, I was raised in Colorado Springs. Um, we moved to Colorado Springs when I was around eight years old from Illinois. Okay. And I was kind of, I was always that kid that like I had A's and F's on my report cards when I was like in junior high. It was like if I, there was a subject that I really loved mm -hmm. and I was into and I was like, this makes sense. Like I actually really loved like American history. Mm -hmm. I loved, um, you know, art and creative writing and drama and English. I was really, really good at English. And so okay. I was like, this makes a lot of sense. Like these are life skills I'm going to use. But the second that somebody would tell me that I needed to like put numbers <laughs> in my um uh, in my math and I was like this isn't or I'm sorry letters in my math I was like the letters yeah. in my math don't make sense and so I would kind of reject that ideal I'm like this isn't I'm like why am I learning this <laughs> this um, is whereas, <laughs> yeah in, American history and world history made sense to me I'm like this is going to be a really valuable knowledge for it to shape me as a human being as is English as is taking multiple languages as is art and drama and creating something beautiful and learning to write and you know and so like from a young, very young age, I thought just, this doesn't make any sense. It's like having, someone made a quote to me the other day. It was like, um, the monkey said to the fish, come on and hop on land and I'll show you how to walk. <laughs> I'll guide you to walk. I'll teach you everything you need to know about walking. Right. I got you, come with me. <laughs> and so for, it's just, somebody said that quote to me and I was like, oh, this explains the problem with the world right now, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I, to answer your question, I joined ROTC at 14 years old. A friend of mine was wearing that dorky uniform every day. <laughs> 
and on the bus and I was like what are you doing wearing that you look like a total dweeb like what's going on here by the and way where said, can I get one <laughs> yeah by the way where would you get that but so she her name is Cassandra Smith I'll send this to her because she's gonna love this if I if I anyway <laughs> she's still a friend. she's yeah she's still a friend of mine and see, she's 14 and she's okay. 15 she's like a year older and she told me she said you know she's like Jess it's not dorky to take pride in your country and it's not dorky and she, we were like riding on the bus. That's a 14 to 15 year old. She's like, listen, right. I don't know if you know this or not, but if you spend four years in ROTC in any high school, the active duty military, all of the branches promote you and give you more money and more opportunity if you complete four years in high school. Mm. And I was like, oh, why would you want to join the military? And she told me that she had dreams of going to the United States Naval Academy and why she wanted to go and that you get basically free room and board plus pay plus free medical, free dental. You get the opportunity to travel. It gets you out of the house at 17 and a half years old, you know? Yeah. And I'm just like, that sounds really interesting. I'll give it a shot. And I went and um, the, I write about it in my book. It's the first time I really talk about it where my dad dropped me off the first time when I was 14 in my first ROTC thing. And there's this <laughs> mean, grumpy first sergeant with like a bald head and he's shouting at everybody. And there's this Navy Lieutenant commander that's very like poised. The Navy guy's like poised and professional yeah. <laughs> in his khakis. And like the Marines like, get over here, you fucking maggots. You know, we're like, oh my God, I like the guy in the khakis. He's the one that's like, welcome. Thank you for being here. And the other guy's like screaming at it. And I'm just like, totally, oh geez, what's happening? I'll never forget the moment. And this is the moment that will answer your question. The mm. moment that I decided to join the Marine Corps was when First Sergeant Joseph Cerrone, um, he, you know, he said, everybody get down on your faces. And all of these kids, like black asphalt in the middle of July in Colorado Springs, Colorado, it's like 100 <laughs> yeah. degrees outside. The pavement's probably 110. You could fry an egg on it for sure. He's like, everybody get on your faces. And so those of us that are there, like, we don't know what that means. Oh, okay, push-up position. Got it, got it. And we get down. And our hands are on this hot pavement. And there's all these stones that are touching it and they're burning and the kids are kind of going like, ah, you know, like we're like shuffling around, we're shifting our weight in the push-up position. We're kind of like leaning. Right. <laughs> and then he's walking by and he expected this. He knew it was going to happen. And he's pacing back and forth mm -hmm. as regal and as honorable as he possibly can. And he's very, very calm and he knows what we're going through. And he says, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about the word fortitude. Do you guys know what that means? And everybody's like, no, sir. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yes, sir. We're dying here, but okay, whatever. What do you got to say? I'm 15. So we're, we're literally 14 <laughs> and 15 years old, you know? And so um, he says, fortitude is when you, you decide, yes, this is uncomfortable. Yes, this is going to hurt. Yes, this is going to mean something. The, the journey is going to be hard, but I choose to endure anyway, because that is what leadership really is. That is where you choose. That's where you determine the moral character of the moral, moral fiber of your being. That's where it comes from. And so he right. says, yes, you guys are going through pain. He said, but you know what? It's not going to kill you. That that kills you, that that does not kill you will make you stronger. Pain mm -hmm. is weakness, leaving the body, all of the things that the Marines, you know, kind of live by. And I know in that moment I was thinking about, it, and like something in my head kind of just turned. And I was like, yeah, this does suck, but pain is temporary. And it, whenever he lets us get up, we're going to be fine. And I will have become stronger because in the next time I'm put in some situation, whether it's emotional, spiritual, physical, you know, um, weakness, where it's like, I can't do this and I can't push through. That's what fortitude is, is when you go through something really, really horrible or just a, like a little bit of pain. That's why people love going to the gym. That's why people want to keep repping their max. That's why mm -hmm. want, the next time that you're doing your sprints, you want to go a little bit faster. You want to go a little bit harder. So you're building fortitude and you're building moral character and strength. Absolutely. And um, 
so just the, the Marine Corps really appealed to me because I was like, wow, this is going to be the best of the best. Like if I can do this, I can do anything. Mm-hmm. And so that I decided that day when I was 14, I was like, I think that this is the life for me. And I stuck with it. And there we go. I left the Marine Corps as a gunnery sergeant in 2014. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. And yeah. just to touch on your point about fortitude, you know, you said that, you know, people go to the gym because they want to, you do want to build that character. You do want to build that resolve within yourself, but not, you know, I've never worked out or done something challenging and overcome it and been like, man, you know, I really regret overcoming that. I really exactly. regret that workout. Oh, I feel so terrible. Like, <laughs> I only feel better and stronger. There is mm-hmm. no negative whatsoever. It's only a net positive. Oh, exactly. So, it's like if, if your life is completely devoid of challenge, how could you feel like you conquered anything or grew or have you, you have any additional fortitude in your life? Right. So, but even, I mean, kudos to you for recognizing that. But I think it's for someone that says that I see a challenge, and I want to go conquer that challenge. To me, that just exudes excellence. And that for me, Same. that's what excellence is. I mean, if you want to, someone who says, I want to go to the best university, I want to, you know, be in the Marine Corps, I want to just be the best that I have, I can offer the world, offer the world the best that I can. To me, that's excellence. And you endure whatever hardships you have to in order to make that come to fruition. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. 100% with you on that. Yes. Okay, so 2014, you leave Marine Corps. Um, and tra- obviously transition back into civilian life. How was that for you? Sorry, what was the question? Uh, you transition transitioning back into civilian life mm-hmm. after the Marine Corps in 2014. What was that like gotcha. for you? No, the transition was rough. It was probably, I would say that first one or two years after leaving the Marine Corps was the hardest years of my life. And because it's something that you've known all of, you know, the in your entire adulthood from, for me, 17 to 30 years old. Mm-hmm. And so leaving at 30, I'm like, man, like, this is who I am. This is my identity. Like, who am I really? Like, what clothes do I really want to wear? What do I want to do for a career? How do I want to wear my hair? You know, I can actually get my nails done now the way that I want. You know, it's, <laughs> it's a really, like, interesting thing to go back to having all of the freedoms that you kind of forgot that you had. Not mm-hmm. saying that the Marine Corps is like a prison or anything. I actually really much and very much enjoyed my time in the Marine Corps. But I would say um, that coming back... And not really, you've, you've had someone else tell you who you were really for a lot of it. Not saying I didn't have my own hobbies or my own interests or my own thoughts. That's not what I'm saying at all. But right. to have so much control over where you're going. If you wanted a new duty station, you didn't get a choice a lot of the time. You know, if right. you wanted to go and take a vacation, you didn't get a choice a lot of the time. Yeah. And so develop, like finding out who you are and what your strengths are. A lot of people get out of the Marine Corps and they try to do exactly what it was that they did while they were in or any active duty or any profession. Anytime you retire and you start all over and you're like, oh man, I'm not really ready to not work. What can I do now? Mm-hmm. A lot of people just hit the reset button and they do the exact same thing that they did previously. And for me, I wanted to do something entirely different. And that's sort of what's brought you and I together here is just yeah. continuing to challenge myself to do different things. So. Okay. So speaking of that, what did you do differently? What did you transition into and how did that look? So I first started an event planning company because I got involved in planning events in in the military. And so I was like, oh, this is really fun, like doing red carpet stuff and meeting and greeting VIPs and shaking hands at the door and doing the reception line and figuring out what tablecloths and getting the DJs and getting the public speaker schedule like announced, you know? And I thought it was really neat. I thought it was fun. I was like, well, maybe I could just go and get certified in event planning here at Front Range Community College in Fort Collins, which I did in Colorado. And so I was like, let me go learn about it. But as I'm learning about it, let me go ahead and start my company. So actually my interns and my two 
first lead assistance for event planning for my company I met in school. Oh, sweet. I was okay. like, hey guys, I actually already founded a company and I'm already getting paid for doing it while we're learning. Do you want to come and work with me? And they did. Nice. And so okay. the girls like from the same college got college credit. <laughs> Two of them did. From, awesome. um, and one okay. of them went to the University of um, uh, UNC and Greeley oh, here. Cool. And so we were able to do internship programs and get certified through and get it like ACE accredited. And so it was just me asking questions and going, how can I do this? I did that very successfully for about two and a half, three years. And then I was like, okay, this is great. But after a couple of bad wedding experiences where just the guests are rude and I'm watching people fighting and I'm having to call the cops and just all yeah. that, I'm just like, this is, <laughs> you couldn't pay me enough to be here for this. Sure. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like fun when you're young and it's fun when you just kind of want to dabble a little bit to sort of learn some things. But for me personally, I was like, I don't really see myself doing this um, long-term. I think I could contribute a lot better in the business aspect and the psychological aspect of being a leader in an enterprise. So like owning your own company. And so I started doing a lot of research in that. And then that's what brought me here. Awesome. Okay. So currently yeah. your business, so I know you say you generally focus on life, love, business, um, personal development. So but what exactly in terms of like business and love and life and personal development do you focus on with your clients? Well, um, anything and everything. That's a very broad question because we could talk here for hours, right? Sure. But mostly what I like to share is um, what takes your peace away during the day and what keeps you up at night. Mm. So that's what I help you identify and based on what you identify to me. And I have a lot of really cool leading questions through my sessions or through my assessments or discovery sessions. I like to call them where we just chat for like a half an hour and say, okay, answer those two questions for me. Then based on what you share, I ask a couple of leading questions and based on what that is, I can say, okay, I'm for sure equipped to handle this or perhaps let me refer you to a certified professional. Maybe this is somebody, maybe you need a nutrition coach first when you mm -hmm. start, you know what I'm, so depending on what I identify, right. that's the network that I connect folks with. And if it's primarily just, you know, interpersonal communication, if it's relationships, if it's self-belief, if it is, you know, maybe they're, they have a relationship with money that they're not happy with and they feel like they can't make any money. Maybe they're lost and are trying to find their purpose, whatever it may be. That's what I help people identify. But my ideal demographic, my perfect client is someone who is definitely more aggressive in the pursuit of their dreams. Like I don't want to work with people that just want me to make them feel good mm -hmm. once a week. I want to work with people that are going to take what we strategize about in order to make their life experience more grand and something that they could be proud of when they're looking back on their life when it comes to an end and say, yes, I actually acted on that. And so I'm not like the cheerleader kind of personal development coach that I think people are used to. I'm more of the, let's talk about what it is that's going on in your life. What can we identify where the weak points are? Why do we view them as weak points? How can we shift our mindsets? And then what plans can we put in place? Habits can we put in place and triggers can we identify so that we can now manage? And so we go, I go pretty deep in my client coaching where we really, I mean, it's the people that are really to take, ready to take a mirror and go, oh, those right. are the people that mm -hmm. I want to work with. Not the people that have ego or who are narcissistic or, or trying to make a buck in their business. That's not for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just personal accountability and being honest with yourself and it's interesting how much, just how pretty much all of that is emotional and it really starts yeah. with ourselves. And the moment you really dig deep and you work out your emotions, everything else kind of just mm -hmm. lines up and fixes itself from there. So, but like going back to your point earlier, fortitude, you got to do what's challenging. Yeah. Like you said, you, you got to work with somebody who does the work. If you're not going to do the work, you're not going to listen. You have, you defy authority. 
No, <laughs> not the idea yeah, clients. Yeah, and, you, and you mentioning that, it's kind of like when you, have you ever been to like a personal development event, like, you know, or, yeah, like, give, you give know, and probably tons of them, right? And so like mm. even at a Tony Robbins event or Mel Robbins or Gary Vee or even any of the guys from Shark Tank, you know, Kevin Harrington or mm. Damon Jones, like any of the people that are, they, Grant Cardone, another huge one, Gabby Bernstein, those people that when that attend that and they have their notebook and they're like scribbling like oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh yes 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 take all these notes take all these notes but then like they don't they like write it on a vision board and then they like put sticky notes on their computer and they'll like write a note on their bathroom mirror but then it's like what are you actually doing right. with the notes and the vision board and the, <laughs> so it's it's beautiful and i love that mindset because it's a reminder sure. those are mindset shifts mm -hmm. those are not actions those are not right. physical actions that need to be taking place you're not networking you're not working on a business plan you're not communicating with people and bouncing ideas off of what you're thinking if you are blocking certain things from yourself is it time management is it self-belief mm -hmm. what, what is it that we need to work on in order to get you there and so that's what's interesting is that i like to say hey listen i take all of the tony robbins people and I take you and I'm like, perfect, let's take your notes and let's see why you're not following your notes. Right. <laughs> yeah, why, why you're doing everything but the work. And, but I mean, the work is, the work is what's un uncomfortable. That's where you got to mm -hmm. break out of your comfort zone. You got to do what's tough and challenging. Exactly. And going to, going to the events that like you feel great and you're all pumped. It's almost like, you know, you're taking this hit of dopamine, this drug and hits your veins for a weekend. And you're taking these notes and like, but you feel like you did something. It's like, man, I took the exactly. notes. I did the exercises. It was great. But <laughs> People go home and nothing changes from there. And mm -hmm. you, you can't $6, avoid the work. $6,000 for a Tony Robbins ticket. Right, like, yeah. Do something with it, you know? Yeah. And I, I always like to encourage people. It's like, hey, listen, I know that you probably can't get Tony Robbins to coach you one-on-one, -on -one, but like find an accountability coach or find a mm -hmm. personal development coach when you Absolutely. get back and call them immediately and say, hey, I just got back from an amazing self-development and you know entrepreneurship event. I'm feeling really fired up. I'm excited to put a lot of these tools and tips and tricks to use, but I know I can't do it on my own because it's the seventh event that I've went to in the last 10 years <laughs> yeah. and nothing ever comes from it. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I need a little bit of help here. And like sure. people would be surprised depending on the quality of coach and the experience of the coach and what certifications they have, how much progress they're going to see by working with someone one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. versus just taking a notebook and, and trying to implement because live events are great to give you the tools, but you need the action and you need the accountability and right. you need to track the progress in order to shift. Absolutely. And someone who knows what they're doing. I mean, if you want to be on, if you want to win a championship in the NBA, you want to play under Phil Jackson, not some no name coach that nobody remembers. It's like, you want to go play for I'm Phil Jackson. I'm going to take your word on that. I don't watch yeah. sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, trust me, Phil Jackson, coach Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, guy knows what he's doing. He has, has a little bit of knowledge here and there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the coach, well, the quality like, coach I is take that massively back. important. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I take that back. If you were to be like, Jess, like I have tickets to a, like a basketball game. It's going to be super fun. Let's go have a hot dog and a beer. I'd be like, sweet. Like that mm -hmm. I would be interested in. Oh, yeah. I would watch sports then. Mm -hmm. Or it's like baseball games are fun. I dig that. But I don't like follow them. You could right. like, I don't. No, nah, you don't have to. As long as someone's willing to enjoy a ball game, I'm cool with that. Like, yeah, exactly. We don't have many ball games right now because of everything going on. So that's actually gonna take a bit of a hard turn here and you had a recent run-in with the law so when i heard can you expand on i know you can't go into too much detail but as much as you can share would you mind sharing no i can't go you? into too much detail what i will go into detail with is that um the argument was that in order to be inside of a public place um that had no signage that was posted to come in no like 
the people let me in to the place without a mask and I went to go and eat and spend money without a mask and explained that I had a condition that prevented me. They're like, I was like, do you guys take, is this okay? And the people inside of the same building were like, absolutely come through. And then as I was actually walking out, I was stopped and they said, well, in order to even walk through here, you need to have a mask on. And I was like, hmm, interesting. Okay. Well, I've already been in here in the same building and I was allowed medical exemption from a couple of other people. I said, and I was like, I will gladly put a mask on if you can refer me to a mandate or a a regulation, a law. I was like, I have my phone right here. The internet's a great tool. Happy to pull it up. And the reason for this is not because I want to go, I I literally, I even put masks on. I wear a mask a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what people are kind of getting like misconstrued about my story here with that because I'm willing to do it, but I'm asking like, listen, I'm, I'm, I like, I'm here, I'm staying here, I'm spending money. You know what I mean? Like I'm, this is, I'm a patron. Right. So it's not like I'm just like going out to be entertained. It's like, no, no, no. Like I'm here like conducting business meetings and I'm eating food, I'm doing real stuff. And so do you or do you not allow a medical exemption? So the, the point of having that conversation with that gentleman was literally a matter of principle because previously in that same building, I was allowed the medical exemption, but then this person was telling me that I had to put on a mask and, mm. and, and also leave, put on the mask and leave because I wasn't doing it or put on a mask and stay either way. Mm. They're like, if you're refusing to put on a mask, I said, I'm, I'm refusing to put on a mask with you right now, unless you can tell me why you're telling me that I have to. I was a hundred percent compliant. I said, if you, sir, if you can show me something, I can pull it up on my phone. I can go to your website. I can do whatever needs to happen. I will absolutely do it. So so it had very little to do with me like saying I'm refusing to leave. And I wasn't belligerent. I wasn't drunk. I wasn't, you know, it was just a normal conversation. And then the guy, the rich, the first guy was actually going to let me go. And then the second guy came and he's he's like, ma'am, how hard is it to wear a mask? And I'm like, it's, I was like, that's interesting. I was like, your security. I said, sir, are you able to tell me where it's written right. or where, what law am I breaking or what mm-hmm. mandate am I? Not one of them, not one of the three people, including the third guy that illegally detained me, right. which I chatted about, um, which will be a whole situation later that will come out when that time comes. But um, none of them, not one. I asked him probably 15 times. Like, can you please just tell me? One of them said, well, it's mandated by um, the state of Nevada. And I said, so the state of Nevada doesn't allow medical exemptions. I was like, cause I'm just, I'm very confused as right. to, cause if that's who you're leaning on, you need to tell me, no, the state of Nevada does not allow medical exemptions. And then I say, perfect. Let me read that. And mm-hmm. then I will leave. Right. And so I'm, I'm not doing this to be like this, this anti-masker, like for sure, I'll put a mask on, but that's my choice to put a mask on. And I want you to explain to me why it makes sense. Right. If I'm just coming and going and it's on, but they're literally requiring people to wear the mask the entire time while they're inside, even if they're staying there. Hmm, interesting. And so the, the point and the reason that I'm doing this and why I feel very passionately about getting this across is because people don't know what my medical condition is, or if it's far greater or far less or far superior or whatever the case may be right. than thousands, millions of Americans We'll just stick with America. The world gets to, my brain gets weird when I start thinking internationally. Sure. <laughs> We're thinking of just the millions of Americans that have real serious health conditions. They're, they're being told if you have a medical condition to go ahead and just stay home. Don't go out. If you have an autoimmunodeficiency disease, mm-hmm. if you have this, if you can't breathe in a mask, you know what? We require masks now, so stay home. That same exact argument can be absolutely flipped to 180 degrees. And I can say to those people whose argument right. that is, is to say, listen, 
if coronavirus is out there, which it is, we know that it's a serious, you know, virus and that people are in fact being impacted by it. I'm not denying that. Right. But I can also say, you know, don't, you're saying don't mess with my mask world. Well, don't mess with my world before the mask. Right. Yeah. If you're afraid, don't you mess with wear the it. mask. It's, my it's like saying, you know what, let's go on an adventure in the woods. Don't go in those woods. There's a bear in those woods. <laughs> the government cannot tell me not to go in there because there's a bear in there. If they can, please tell me where it's written as a law and then I will abide it. Right. But until they can explain that to me, I'm going to continue to question what is going on because it doesn't make sense. Right. And I had the right to assume risk for myself. If it's, it can be dangerous to me, well, I have the right to, if I have an autoimmune disorder, you can't tell me just to stay inside because if I, mm-hmm. if I want to risk it, that's up. To, I have God-given rights to risk my life if I want to. I, people risk their lives all the time. We jump in cars every day. People yeah, die see, in cars and then those, all the time. The people that, so the, the, everyone else would call people like you and me selfish. You're selfish. Mm-hmm. Save a life. Mm-hmm. You know, you can literally kill someone by going right. outside. Mm-hmm. And then I say to them, interesting, that sounds a lot like a lot of CNN article headings. Um, <laughs> but second, uh, what I would also say to that person is I would absolutely agree with you had all of the death rates not been inflated and paid off, had right. all of the numbers not been completely skewed and inflated as well, where people are literally getting, they're put, getting put on blast. A lot mm-hmm. of these states are like, what are you doing? Yeah. New York forcing patient, patients into nursing homes when there was literally a medical ship paces away right. that was empty, mostly empty. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, you're doing that. And Florida's reporting a 96% positivity rate when really it was 6 or 7%. Right. That to me, I'm like, okay, listen, I will save lives. I will believe that your argument of me being selfish, I will admit it. When this all comes out, I will issue a public apology Right. I will come out and I will say, wow, you guys, I really feel like I was, I might've been responsible for that. And I should have for sure listened to you guys. I was one of the people that opposed it and I take full responsibility for that. But what's interesting is that most of the people that are following this narrative blindly that aren't looking at the full story and connecting all of the dots, they're not the ones who are going to apologize to the what one third of America right now. It's two thirds against one third. That's what Mm -hmm. the surveys are saying the ones that I've been sent and that people have told me about. So right. the one third of us who are like, Hey, like we're, that, that's the beauty of it is we're the open-minded ones. We're like, listen, show us the shit right. and we're going to hop on board your train, but Absolutely. your train has no proof. You're pro- you guys have no information or evidence that makes us think logically that your train is something that we should hop on board of. Exactly. So it's, it's just this weird argument where a lot of the people that are not, there are some sort of like, no mask, my air, but I'm not, I'm not that person. Right. I'm the person that says, you know what? I will absolutely put a mask on if it's brief and if what I'll do it a little bit. I'm not one the one that's going to go and get arrested everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's not my personality. That's not what I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to do right. is have conversations that are legitimate enough that make sense enough so that people who are teetering on, well, hmm, she might have a point there that I want to wake them up. I'm not here for the bullies. I'm not here to deal with all of the negativity and the name calling and the trolling. Those are not my people. Those people are going to come and they're going to gravitate towards me no matter what. I've been through enough shit. I can deal with these idiots. (laughs) Right. I want to have conversations with people that are like, you know what? You bring a lot of good points to the table. I'm going to research this further and make up my own mind, whether their mind agrees with me or it is in opposition with me. I don't care, but I just want them to ask the questions and have the conversations. Yeah. And people I've seen, I've talked to friends personally about this, the ones that do advocate for the mask. I asked them, can you point me to any studies, legitimate studies that show an actual effectiveness in the mask? None of them can. 
And they're just like, well, I think it's just kind of a sign of respect. Da, da, da. It's like, but see, now you're tra- attributing moralism to it. That this moral attribute to wearing mm. a mask or you respect it. It's a respectful thing. It's no, it's not. You're, you're making it a thing of respect when it's just a personal choice. Like if you want to wear the mask without evidence, I don't care. I, it doesn't bother me whatsoever. And for example, like you said, I'm not the person just, I'm never going to wear the mask to hell with you. I'm an American. It's, like, it's not that. It's, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, there are state mandates for businesses. If you're going to operate, they have to, they require masks. You know, if I'm going to a restaurant, I'm going to buy some food and they have to, hey, you got to come and wear the mask. That's fine. I'm in there for what? Mm-hmm. Less than a minute, maybe grab, grab me some takeout. Throw the mask on right before I walk in, take it off right when I walk out. No problem. Yeah, sure. But I'll get... Sometimes I just don't want to have the conversation, to be honest. Yeah. But if there's, if it's worth it and somebody's like, you could tell it's like, Hey, I have a medical condition. Like I have a note in my purse. I know you're not going to ask to see it, but I do have it. It's a mm-hmm. thing. Would you like, would you mind if I walk 15 feet to go and sit at my table where I'm right. going to also take my mask off? And by the way, while I'm walking, <laughs> there's far more than six feet in between me and every other person that's seated because right. you guys had to do that anyway. Mm-hmm. So would you mind if I pass by and I'll just maybe hold my breath? Mm. instead yeah would that be okay yeah you know and so it's just so funny not not saying that i actually hold my breath i'm being a smart aleck for anybody that's going to comment on that like hold your breath the whole time daddy. like people are so evil i'm sorry i can't handle it but yeah. um it's interesting that you say that because i just made a post about this on my instagram and i've had to um remove probably like five or six followers that dm'd me because of it and like whatever people are just mean i'm okay with opposing opinions but i'm not okay with people being completely mean right to other people especially mm. that are going to be reading that and they're going to be absorbing that negative energy right. so if there's just any negativity i might let 10 percent negativity slide because i understand passion is human sure and um but the second you start name calling you're getting mean it's it's kind of over but i asked for that i said somebody please show me a randomized control study that is double blind placebo controlled clinical peer-reviewed open source article that specifically tests cloth masks and n95 masks because n95 masks are the ones that are being recommended by all of our medical professionals so if the n95 masks and the cloth masks are not in a randomized control study there that are saying that are like comparing the evidence with people who are also not wearing a mask show me all three show me Mm -hmm. this one this one and this one non-maskers cloth mask n95 and then put it into covid yeah. I don't want you, I don't want to hear about your other viruses. I don't want to hear about the particles or the droplets or people are using like dry chalk and they're blowing and they're like spitting water. And like, it's like, okay, that's all really cute and that's fine. But that does not relate to what we're talking about. Right. And until I have something that relates to what we're talking about, I'm going to continue to oppose the mandatory mask mandates. That's my truth. It's just right. where I'm at. Yeah. I'll wear them every once in a while, but I don't, that doesn't mean that I agree that I should be forced. Right. I'm choosing to wear a mask at that time. That's what I'm choosing to do. That's right. the freedom that I'm fighting for. Mm-hmm. I absolutely wear a mask. I do because I don't want to cause a fight and I don't want to disrupt my life. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to fight to have my opinion heard when absolutely. applicable. And if, at this point, it's, I don't even necessarily care about my opinion. I, I will share my opinion, but Please. my opinion is going to bend to what's true. I don't care mm-hmm. about so much my opinion. I, I'm a layman. But show me some hard evidence and show me some actual facts and truth. And oh, okay, like you said, I'm willing to jump on board with you. I yeah. want to get. I want to get on your. I want to jump on the train. I want you to convince me. Don't you guys right. see this? Somebody yeah. please convince me that I need to do this because I'm going to be on your side. And guess what? Mm. When I get on your side, I'm going to help you advocate for mandatory masks. Right. Oh, hey, look, I this evidence I found. I want to be that person, but I, I, no one has yet to be able to do that. Yeah, like I, I, <laughs> I didn't know this evidence existed. Look at this. Look at this great evidence I have. Okay, now I'm on board. Cool. 
Now I'm on board. Yeah. Look at this. Critical free thinkers. Imagine <laughs> wow. that. Oh, geez, we're a threat to humanity the way that as, as we know it. You know that, right? Oh, yeah. Well, the way we, well, we can get into that a little bit more. But uh, I know you're kind of short on time. Um, I can give you three more minutes. We're okay, okay. if I go a little bit over because I know I dialed in four minutes late. So No, no worries. Um, I don't think we'll just kind of wrap up here. I have a lot more to talk. I could talk to you forever at this point. I um, know. There's so much more to talk about. But uh, I guess we'll just go over your work with uh, 1776 Forever Free. I think that's kind of the most important thing right now. Oh, so we'll exciting. Yeah. So, so 1776 Forever Free is my business partner, one of my business partners, Cordy Williams. He is a doctor. He's a chiropractor. He lives in, uh, in SoCal. And he and his business partner, Chris, have already founded 1776 Forever Free. So that was already in existence. It's a community organization. Okay. He is very heavily involved with the Recall Gavin Newsom movement in California. He has spoken in Texas. He went to Huntington Beach and spoke there, I believe it was yesterday or day before mm -hmm. when they had that event. And he hosted his own event in which um, Tito Ortiz, Joy Villa, and um, I know Coffee Anderson performed live there at that mm -hmm. event that he hosted. And it was like a great turnout. And yeah. so anyway, he is just a wonderful human being. He's also known as the Megaphone Marine, the video yeah. that went viral where he talked <laughs> down some officers from a ledge when they were kind of encroaching upon, hey, you know, if I can get all of you mothers and children and peaceful protesters back off the sidewalk, he kind of grabbed the megaphone and was like, listen, guys, they're not doing anything wrong. They're not crossing the lawn you know, you guys are asking them to leave because they're protesting the economy and their protest or the economy being closed. They want to go back to work. They want to open America. They want to not have to be wear a mask. And that was even really before masks became mandatory. Right. But um, it was, it was his view that the secret, um, I don't know if it was a secret service or who it was that was there. It was his view that um, they were tasked by an agenda not to allow one kind of protest to happen, but not to allow the other kind of protest to happen. Right. And so by him doing that, that was kind of where he went viral. And, and so it turns out he's also a prior Marine, which he and I did not know when we connected originally. And so he and I have partnered along um, with our partner, Chris, to okay. found what is called the Freedom Tour. Okay. And the Freedom Tour is going to be very important because what we're doing is we're moving across America from West Coast to East. And we are hosting national events that are there in collaboration with um, the police departments, in collaboration with city council members, in collaboration with proud Americans that have no political agenda, who just really believe in the freedom of being able to run their businesses the way that they see fit. These people are not people that are fighting to say, we don't want any masks ever. We don't want any business closures ever. We don't want, you know, that's not those people. These people mm -hmm. are the people that want the right, their God-given and also constitutional American right to be able to operate their business the way that they see fit. Right. And there are safety guidelines. We have um, organizations such as OSHA mm -hmm. and DORA. And, you know, we have a lot of other organizations that they've come together and they've said, listen, guys, these are the safety guidelines. But those safety guidelines have been created over the course of decades and mm -hmm. everything has been written in blood. And right now, I don't think that that really applies to what's shutting down businesses and causing things to crash. Right. In absolutely. fact, it's in violation of a lot of those standards because mm -hmm. OSHA requires a certain level and quality of oxygen in order to operate within a safe space. You shove a mask on every single American inside <laughs> of a business, you're directly in violation of an OSHA standard, you weirdos. <laughs> Interesting how logic works. <laughs> Interesting how that works, right? So anyway, people think that because I'm a, I, I feel this way, it's like that I don't do my research. It's like you kind of be, don't underestimate the people that are out there speaking up, you guys, because we have a lot more knowledge um, than we sometimes let on. And mm -hmm. um, I would much rather people underestimate than overestimate 
me and what I have to offer. And I know a lot of people that are out there that feel very similarly. And so it's like, we have people that we communicate with regularly that are with OSHA, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? So it's kind of like, listen, we, we, we're not name dropping these people because if we do, you're going to back off. I don't want you to back off. Yeah. I want you to keep fighting your argument because I want you to see how silly this is in the end. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Fighting for everyday Americans. Love it. That's right. We got well, to. Absolutely. Well, uh, I could talk to you forever, Jess, as, as I said before. Oh, um, I know. This was a great talk. I just know you got to go. So um, just you. for anyone listening, tell, let them know where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me at jessicajd.com, J-E-S-S-I-C-A-J-A-Y-D-E-E.com. My Instagram handle is jessica.jay.dee. And I am everywhere on all of the social media platforms. I'm just starting my YouTube channel uploads. And so I haven't really done the mini red pill series up there yet. But I also host a little tiny um, four to six minute drop every video from mini red pills. And that is where... I kind of slowly (laughs) um, bring to light some of what is going on where those of us like you and I, Joseph, who have gone really deep down a lot of these rabbit holes, Mm -hmm. not everybody's really ready for us to like come out and be like, guys, oh my God, and like shake them awake. So the mini red pills series has been designed specifically to just kind of get little tiny tidbits, whether Mm -hmm. it's touching on the history of, you know, the Federal Reserve or on the JFK assassination or on the theories around why Trump was elected, what is he really doing, leadership and what we're doing about it, the failures in our country, the successes in our country and why. And so there's just, they're literally designed to be blurbs, to, to, to provoke thought is really what it is. And so the mini red pill series is really cool. I also have the alchemy effect series and book. And so that is a book that I've written that'll be for release um, summer or fall of 2020. So you can pre-order that at my website, jessicajd.com as well. Awesome. So many plugs. I just got so much stuff going on. And then Dr. Cordy and I are going to create a website um, or landing page either with 1776 forever free or for the freedom tour USA. We just bought that domain as well. So we're going to be working on getting some event dates up, but what we do have solidified is August 15th in Huntington beach. Okay. And December, I'm sorry, October, October 17th, Washington DC. And so those are the two dates that we have solidified. And then we're going to fill in um, the tour from California to DC, but DC is where we're going to end on October 17th. Awesome. Very, very cool. Well, everyone keep an eye out for that. Jessica, thank you, thank you again so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I hope oh, you got it, Joseph. Thank you. Great interview. You're doing. Thank you for having yeah. me. We'll be in touch. You and I will speak offline for sure. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Take care. <laughs> you too. Bye. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed the talk with Jessica JD. Um, very interesting story. Interesting times we're living in. Uh, you know, I've had discussions about the whole mask debate with my with personal friends and while we may disagree in some areas the one thing we do agree on is that law regular law-abiding citizens of america should not be getting arrested or taken to jail for not wearing a mask but unfortunately we are seeing that happening and i hope that some that's something we can all agree on uh fortunately in today's episode we had to keep it a little short uh, we were hoping for some more time but i'll i'm hoping to get jessica back on another time um, a lot of different topics i want to discuss with her a lot of different things we kind of both run the same circle in and uh just have some interesting, fun conversations. But if you want to check her out on Instagram, be sure to give her a follow. Her account can be found at jessica.jay.dee. You can also find her at jessicajd.com. Uh, 
Be sure to check out her upcoming book, The Alchemy Effects, as well as her work with 1776 Forever Free and with Dr. Cordy Williams. Dr. Cordy Williams can also be found on Instagram. Uh, as well as the 1776 Forever Free project. You can also go head over to 1776foreverfree.com to check out the work they're doing over there. Uh, I think it's great work they're doing. Um, looking forward to their U.S. tour. They have an upcoming event, I believe, August 8th in Ventura. And they also have physical locations where you can sign petitions to recall Gavin Newsom, which I highly encourage. But that's going to do it for me today, guys. I hope you enjoyed. Take care.